This episode is sponsored by Falcon Northwest. Every bag of Falcon fuel is an experience. It's rich, hearty, a swift kick of caffeine. You get an exquisite blend of Central American and Indonesian coffee, perfect for that long editing or gaming session on your brand new, kick-ass Falcon Northwest PC. Every custom-configured and hand-tested PC from Falcon Northwest comes with a bag of Falcon fuel and, of course, a sturdy mug to put it in. There is no better pairing than this. Head over to Falcon Northwest website and grab yourself a bag of Falcon fuel alongside a killer PC. Back to you, Adam. In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about Radeon reviews, a new Cinebench, Starfield's launch, and Lenovo's Steam Deck. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 270. I am your fill-in host, Adam Patrick Murray, uh, surrounded by literally bags and bags of Falcon Fuel. Uh, thank you to Falcon Northwest for sponsoring this episode. Uh, I have the co-hostess with the Moses on the on the line here. We got Brad Charkas. Hello, Brad. Hello, Internet. Just drinking water like a schlub. Uh, and, and to prove that, that they are not the same person, I've invited Jeff Grubb from Giant Bomb to come on and be here at the same time as Brad. Hello, Jeff. That's right. You're same room at the same time. We are uh, separate entities. A wink. Wink, wink. Yeah. Wink, yeah. wink, 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 wink. Uh, speaking of winks, we got uh, Willis Live controlling the verticals and horizontals over there. He's going to wink to the camera. Hello, everyone. There. Oh, look at that. oh, that was a good wink. Dang. Uh, I can hear it. Yeah, yeah, even for the even for the audio listeners, that was a that was a damn good wink. Uh thank you. <laughs> uh yeah, we we got oh my oh my goodness. I was putting together the notes for today's uh episode and I was just like, wow, we got a lot to talk about. So we're we're, we're going to dive right in. We are not doing it on our usual Tuesday uh for a couple reasons. Uh we we moved it to Wednesday because we had a a couple uh embargoes obviously for the the new radions and then uh to get jeff grubb uh wednesday afternoon kind of or i guess it's afternoon for me uh oh yeah, it's, it's afternoon for you it's too even, yeah, it's yeah. almost evening almost yeah, yeah, evening 4, 4 p.m so, yeah we're doing all right thank you again for for joining us yet again jeff yeah thanks for having me yeah yes. i got back with the packs had fun out there went uh spent some time in seattle just got, got back on monday and then kind of did nothing on tuesday honestly i could have done the podcast but uh but oh, oh well i'm glad, glad we could do it today no and i i uh yeah, Better the, just to relax. That, exactly. It was nice. How, how many PAX West was it for you? Uh, God, I think it's like my third or fourth PAX West. I've been to about the same number of PAX East as well. Um, but yeah, it was the first PAX West in a while for me. And I had a great time. It was, it was, everything's just back. Everyone's just having a good time. A lot of huge crowds, uh, a lot of vendors, a lot of, um, people showing up. Uh, Nintendo had Nintendo Live. That was really well done. So yeah, it was just, it was a good event. Uh, well, I, I have not yet caught up on your coverage over there but, but i'm gonna do it and everyone else should go over to giant bomb uh the website the youtube channel it's actually a pretty popping uh tiktok as well uh, i don't know yeah, if yeah we got, uh, we got stuff, i got but. i got one of my uh discord mods was like i mean i'll get you some work sure and he's pretty good at doing that stuff so <laughs> i just sent him to the bosses and now we got we're making stuff happen he does a really great tiktok it's pretty fun yeah <laughs> There's a messed messed up one coming pretty soon about um, a, a terrible story, and I'm I'm not going to talk about it here because this is a family podcast. Uh, but yeah, the, the one he showed me, I'm like, I can't believe I told this story on the internet. So look out for that. Oh, <laughs> look out for that. And yes, yeah. yes, Giant Bomb. I love Giant Bomb. Giantbomb.com. 
over to Giant Bomb. Giant Bombcast every week. I listen. I, I see the download and I'm like, whatever I'm listening to, it doesn't matter. Pause that and I'm going straight over to the Giant Bombcast. So. We have a good time over there. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, speaking of a good time, uh, Brad and I had a good time the past week uh, because we got GPUs into review. But Brad, it didn't go as planned. Please fill, fill the, the fine folks what happened. Oh, we want backstory here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all of my my desk, personal desktop PC, I assumed was ruined, and it was after my house caught on fire a few months ago. Uh, but my testing gear was all covered by tarps by firefighters. So I thought they would be fine. And so I got them all plugged in. Uh, my test machine worked for about 30 minutes, started downloading some games to test these new GPUs, and then it just completely everything fried. Uh, so that was fun. Fortunately, I had a backup pile, a 7950X system with a motherboard and stuff. I could switch around, get it all set up, all new in box. Uh, turns out that didn't work either. Uh, smoke Jeez. damage is bad, kids. So, yeah, there were several thousand dollars worth of PCs that didn't work. Let alone all the <sighs> GPUs that you have for to like test against, too. So that, that was just oh, the benches. Are- yeah, those are all toast. Uh, I am even balder and more white-haired than I was to start last week. Uh, but fortunately, a couple of Sapphire cards were going out to Adam, and he was cool enough to work with me and, uh, you know, run a couple of test benches on... Uh, man, I cannot talk. Run a couple of tests on the graphics cards so we could tell you whether or not the Radeon RX 7700 XT and 7800 XT are worth your money. Yeah, so uh, sent to you were XFX cards, right? Yeah, I just got them today. Uh, oh, okay. So and then yeah, yeah hopefully the... I'll have those soon. Uh, customs held those up. Wait, what's what's the what's the price range for these cards? Uh, like uh, always, they always put the number first of like the you know the, the the number on the box, and I'm like, well, that's just like that one over at Nvidia, but the pricing is so disparate. Like, what what are these yeah. ones competing against? Uh, the seventy seven hundred XT is four hundred and fifty bucks baseline. Uh, okay. the 7800 XT is 500. So technically the 7700 XT is competing against the 4060 Ti, 8 gigabyte and 16 gigabyte both. Uh, the 7800 XT is technically competing with the 4060 Ti, 16 gigabyte, but nobody should ever buy that. It's really competing against the 4070, 4070. and despite being $100 less, it you know, blows his pants off in a lot of games. So I, I had two specific Sapphire versions because, yeah, XFX was going to send to Brad for a review. Uh, Sapphire versions were going to come to me for a video. I had to turn on a dime and, and, and do some benches for, for Gordon's review. Go over to to PCWorld.com. There's a review on there. Um, and, yeah, I was, I was glad to help out with benchmarks, uh, Brad. We're, it was great. We're, we're a team. Uh, so there was two versions. This is the Sapphire uh what is it uh pure rx 7700 xt uh so this has a, a 20 dollar premium so this is uh 470 dollars uh and it's all, all white pure is their their new line i, I didn't right is yep. that is it's that a brand correct? new line introduced with these gpus they're going to be rolling out <laughs> retroactively to some of the others you yeah. know 7600 and stuff but the idea is for kitted out white builds we're pretty uh and then this was the the rx uh the sapphire uh Sapphire Nitro Plus RX 7800 XT, uh, so and this is a fifty dollars premium. So this is actually for uh, five hundred and fifty dollars. Um, so fifty dollars premium on the 
on the the MSRP or MSRP, but you you reviewed the seventy nine hundred XTX of the Nitro yes. Plus, correct? Yes, uh, and that is totally worth a fifty dollar premium to me. Like that thing is so quiet, so silent, so mm. cold. It's huge, but it looks beautiful. Yeah, big, big RGB uh, hopefully, Adam bar right here. I say in my reviews, like you can't understand how cool that RGB light looks until you see it. Like they use some weird sort of glass or something on that. That just gives it a really cool, weird, clear light. It's just, it's impeccable. I mean, the RGB makes it run faster. It's just, it's just proven. The benchmarks are there. Uh, What's what's crazy to me is you can get that badass model for 550 bucks. So that's still 50 bucks less than the cheapest 4070s you can buy. Well, and it's also faster. <laughs> yeah, and and so this uh, is what I had on hand to test it against. This is the uh, ASUS uh, GeForce RTX forty seventy dual. I think that it's just dual. So this this was the cheapest forty seventy that I had gotten my hands on. Uh, I don't have a founders to test it against, so I I I'd use this to test it against. There anymore? Um, and yeah, uh, I guess long story short, if you want to show the benchmarks, Willis, uh, yeah, it was, it was surprising in my, my test rig. So, uh, the thing that I tested on was a, a 7800 X3D. So not, not the top line GPU, but I mean, obviously for, for gaming, it's a damn good part. And I only did gaming benchmarks here. Uh, and I was surprised as I was putting in the numbers and running the tests that like the, the 4070, even though it's it's more expensive than the, the, the 7800 XT like was actually almost performance wise in between the 7700 XT and the 7800 XT. And in some places, the 7700 XT actually beat it. Um, And I I was, I was blown away. Brad, Brad, what what was your take on the, the performance here? I think AMD knocked it out of the park with the pricing and value of them. Like, if you look at it in a vacuum, hey, you're getting 6800 XT kind of performance for 500 bucks out of the 7800 XT. Mm-hmm. So, which is what you could already get if you were looking for that. But those are going to sell through eventually. And then we're going to be left with what's left this generation. And I think AMD priced at least the 7800 XT really aggressively. Like, unless you really, really, really love and leverage NVIDIA features like DLSS, like NVIDIA broadcast, like reflex, stuff like that. CUDA performance. Uh, probably, probably ray tracing yeah. too. You probably get better ray tracing from NVIDIA yeah. still. Actually, but. you do, but only by about 10% okay. from yeah, a bunch of the reviews I was reading today. So I was like, I wow, this thing is like significantly faster in rasterization and only about 10% slower. It's about 30, 80 class from the other reviews I was reading today. Okay, that's uh, fantastic. So, yeah, I'll take that for, mm-hmm. you know, 500 bucks. I think the 7700 XT smashes the pants off the 4060 Ti 8 gigabyte. Uh, I do Which wish hard. that it was. No, it's not hard. Uh, <laughs> no, that got a one and a half or two star review from us. Uh, but I wish it, AMD had priced that one at 400 bucks. Because if they had priced that at 400 bucks, there's no question. Like it would be the best value GPU of, of this generation. Yeah, and it only being $50 cheaper than the 7800 XT, despite giving you 4 gigabytes less RAM and a less memory bus bandwidth overall, uh, it feels like it's really just there to upsell you to the yeah. 7800 XT. Medi- medium popcorn, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's going to wind up being like the 7900 series was. Like the 7900 XT launched awfully close to the XTX, 
then over time the market dropped it to where it should be and i think this will eventually fall to like 400 bucks yeah the, the amd seems like they're uh, all these companies but amd seems like they're hesitant about like where to draw back on on uh, the pricing because they've both these companies had such gains in terms of being able to jack up prices over these last several years they're like they know that the market is maybe is, is much softer on these things and but they don't, they're really hesitant about giving up those gains so it's like i think they'll they'll, they'll be happy to put it out at this weird price and then like you said let the market pull it back down over time and so when they launch the next one, it's like, well, the next one's still launching at that price. That's what we did last time. It still feels normal. Yeah, yep. and actually, I like. I feel. I feel like AMD is a little bit, I guess, quote unquote, greedy with it this time around. Like, if you look at the forty sixty Ti, it's a thirty sixty Ti with DLSS three. You don't get anything extra. At least with these AMD parts, yeah, the seventy eight hundred XT is basically a sixty eight hundred XT with better ray tracing at five hundred bucks. But that's still, you know, one hundred and fifty dollars cheaper than it was when it came out last time. Yeah, and the seventy seven hundred XT is much better than the seventy seven hundred. The sixty seven hundred XT was. Geez, we need new names for these things. <laughs> uh, so AMD at least is still, even though the names are kind of weird with these two cards, they're still giving you price to performance advancement that you're not necessarily seeing on the mainstream parts on Nvidia side. Yeah, and, and I I wish I could run have run more benchmarks. I just, I didn't have time. the 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 whole setup was was not there. But yeah, I and it I was mean, Labor Day weekend. It was later long long weekend. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I I would have liked to include the yeah, a the forty sixty Ti, a sixty eight hundred XT. Um, but I mean, I've 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 seen some of the reviews that that have went live this morning, and a lot of people are like, "What the hell? The seventy eight hundred XT is is essentially a sixty eight hundred XT." And actually, in some of the benchmarks, the sixty eight hundred XT actually beats it. Uh, we actually did have a question from Elaine Yi, who is going to be on the show. She was like, uh, "And I'm going to pose it here, Brad. If you were if you were faced right now, because I, I did look on Newegg, at least in the U.S., you can get a uh, an ASRock Challenger uh, sixty eight hundred XT for five hundred dollars." Or you can get a a, a seventy eight hundred XT for five hundred dollars. Which which would you rather have right now? I would always rather buy the new part. Like if if it's the exact same price, which it is right now, you can get some sixty eight hundred XTs for more than seventy eight hundred XTs right now. If the sixty eight hundred XTs start to drop down to four fifty four hundred bucks, then they become a lot more enticing. I think. Yeah, I, I do wonder how much more they're going to drop versus uh, like how much stock is left. Because at some point yeah. the stock's going to dry up. Uh, uh, Grub, w- w- which would you rather take? Uh, I, I, I tend to, honestly, I'm informed by listening to this podcast, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, having that updated warranty and having the sure thing on, on support for a longer period of time, I, I tend to go with the the newer one. But a hundred bucks is is a lot when at these days at that price range of oh, that's like twenty percent of of the cost of this card. Um, or 25%. Uh, in, in that situation, it's hard to say no to the lower price. So I, if I'm like actually looking at it on the shelf and I'm trying to build a whole PC, I probably do end up going with the 6800. Yeah. Well, and it, it depends. It depends your region. I, I There's some people in the chat saying, uh, Skeet Sayer, friend of the show, saying, hey, this where they are, they don't say what country they're in, but the 6800 XT is more expensive than the 7800 XT. Yeah, so your mouth is going to vary big time on this stuff. Yeah. Yes. So that's why, like, I don't. I don't feel like it's predicated too much on the the review of these new cards because it's like okay, well, the sixty eight hundred XT. Who knows? I mean, price is still kind of in flux. Who much? Who knows how much inventory is going to be there? Not quite sure. So, I mean, yes, sure, maybe if you you get a, a good smoking deal on it, consider it. 
but you know for the for the, the at least the next six to to twelve months, this is what we have, and I I doubt the sixty eight hundred XT is going to be around for that long. So, <laughs> no, agreed. Uh, but, I'm glad these cards came out though, because we've really been hurting for fourteen forty p options this generation. Uh, really, for modern graphics cards, pardon me. Uh, we have the forty seventy, which is you know good, efficient. It's a good graphics card with a like, too high price. $600. That's what you have to do to get into modern generation 1440p gaming before this. Because yeah. if you drop down to the 4060 Ti, if you tried saying, yeah, you can play some of this on 1440p, and you definitely can. I've run benchmarks. But between the 8 gigabytes of memory and the like 128-bit memory bus, like that's built for 1080p. So if you spend 400 bucks on that, you're a sucker. If you spend 500 bucks on a 16 gigabyte version, if you're playing at 1440p, you're a sucker. So we didn't have any 1440p options. So even though I don't love the 7700 XT's price, I really like that both of these cards exist. Uh, I really like that they both smash their NVIDIA competition in terms of value and frame rates. So AMD might have taken a long time to put these in the market, but I'm glad that they did because if they put them out a year ago... I think these would have been $600, $650 cards. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Bucks. Yes, definitely. I think that it, like they had time to like really look around and recognize the, the situation and, and be like, okay, we need to retreat back to our core, and that's you know them coming in with the value option. Yep. So, But they're, they're still, there's still a big gap between the 7800 XT and the uh, 7900 XT. Huge, uh, yeah, huge gap. <laughs> I, I know there's that GRE model that was China only, right? But that's not yeah. uh, anything necessarily official, <laughs> and that's going to hit the US. I mean, yeah, you can get it in a couple system integrators in Europe and stuff, but it's not stateside. And even in Europe, it's only four system integrators. Yeah, so like, so numbering wise, I mean, assuming that they could fill in that spot, like, what are they going to do? A, a seventy eight hundred XTX? <laughs> I mean, that's about their only option. They, or, or uh, I, I guess they could do a, a, a seventy nine hundred non XT. They could do that. They they probably what they do is they just try to like any anytime someone asks that question, they're like, oh really? That's interesting. And then they just kind of avert their their eyes until <laughs> next generation, and then and then uh, the next time around they maybe have a more sane pricing structure. I, again, I don't think they want to give up too much. Like they they'll do it here and there. But like I, we're not, they're not doing it with both these cards, not really. I mean, like you said, Brad, they, like they could have lowered the price of, of the lower spec one here a little bit more to make it make even more sense. Um, but I, I think they're like, oh, God, we worked so hard for so many years to get people used to these higher prices. Uh, they would rather have this big awkward gap in their pricing lineup right now than actually officially lower the price on the seventy nine hundreds. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it's still kind of knock-on effects of the pandemic and all the supply oh, yeah. chain things too. Because and crypto, because uh, I think I said this back when it first came out. I think the seventy nine hundred XT was originally supposed to be the seventy eight hundred XT, and then if that slips in at eight hundred bucks, the rest of these could slip in at reasonable sane prices. So it's just you know marketing stuff. Yeah, it it almost <laughs> feels like the seventy eight hundred XT could have come out at the forty seventy price like a hundred dollars more, but they were yeah. like, Oh man, you know what? We, we, we really need to, to at least have one card in there that just really, you know, is going to be the, <laughs> the, the value performance kind of card. So that that's how I yeah. feel. But I think if you're, if you're looking for a 1440 P graphics card, either you're upgrading from a couple generations out 
or you're building a new PC, like these would basically be the options. Like I would wholeheartedly recommend these over NVIDIA competition, what's especially the, what's, the, what's the like creator stuff these days. Uh, AV one is in these, I'm sure. Uh, what, how's like, you know, how's it compared to NVIDIA encoder and all these, these things, the, the, the AMD's kind of caught up on most of that stuff by now. Right. Yeah. They're all good at AV one encoding Intel as well. Uh, yes, that's right. A- AMD, we had uh, Adam Taylor, Epos Fox, actually run an article for us. Oh, really? uh, and he thinks it was many months ago, though, when the other ones came out. And he actually says that uh, I agree with him just poking around at him that AMD's built in streaming solution is actually better than Shadowplay these days in terms of functionality, overall quality, and stuff. A lot of people sleep on it, they shouldn't be. Huh. So, you know, give it a shot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, the, the, the only place where NVIDIA has a. Uh, or not the only place, one of the major places, at least for me as a video professional, is CUDA performance. Uh, mm-hmm. AMD does have this this thing that uh, is being worked on called Rockham that helps that translation layer or something like that. I, I need to learn more about that because I'm, I'm curious. But yeah, I mean, for me personally, when I do work, I pretty much always use NVIDIA GPUs. Yeah, exporting on Premiere is going to be, is going to save you a significant amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I actually do want to try uh, some content creation stuff on this to to that that was that was going to be my video if I hadn't uh, <laughs> uh, done the gaming benchmark stuff that 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 Brad couldn't do. Um, so I, I do plan on checking that out because I, I do wonder at at this level. I mean, if you're if you're getting in with some sort of like Ryzen five or, or Core i five, uh, and then you know like a around a four hundred to five hundred dollar GPU, like what what kind of gaming slash content creation like can you do? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. What, what's your one PC streaming setup look like in that situation? It probably works fine, but, but yeah. And yeah. in, in in the reviewer guide, so I actually uh, I've I have a call set up with Adam uh, to help me through some of the stuff because in the reviewer guide they did talk about some advancements. Uh, they worked with OBS to uh, uh, get some better encoding performance with these new GPUs. Oh, cool. I was I was going to do a call with Adam to kind of walk through some of that stuff because it was a, a, a little above my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's something they're working on. Uh, they were also showing at the, when they first showed us this stuff or when they f- first talked about the, the stuff at Gamescom, uh, they were showing uh, the stable diffusion, um, performance as well, uh, with, oh God, what flavor was it? Oh crap. It was, a. Uh... oh no, I, I, crap. I can't remember the, it was a, a specific version of stable diffusion, uh, that they were running that had enhancements for the new GPUs and it was like it just worked really good for for local <sighs> rendering stuff. So, I mean, it's it's getting there. I mean, they had they have the features too, the the noise cancellation things like that. So, I think it's just not as ingrained in everybody's mind as like yeah, uh, the marketing is not quite there. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but oh, Shark, yeah, there we go. Oh, no, 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 uh, not AI Shark. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay, uh, chat. Um. But, I would say that if if you're just a streamer, like if you're playing games, 1440p games, you want to stream your things, yep. like AMD be just fine for it. Yep. But if you are a more hardcore video editor like Adam is, like uh, NVIDIA is still the way you want to go in general. <laughs> right. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm not... Uh, Without, I, I obviously didn't test any of that, but that blew up. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, a quick side note, and I had seen some people say this. I, I was surprised... Um, at this price point, I mean, because these two Sapphire cards had a little bit of a premium over the the entry level MSRP, um, but these feel these feel like, I mean these these are substantial cards. Like, I mean, you you've got the the triple fan 
uh, on here. Like it's got me- metal and plastic. The all white, like it actually matches really well between the metal, metal really and plastic. Nice. Plastic, uh, and yeah, it has a, a little bit of a premium over it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's these these are nice cards. I mean, I I feel like Sapphire just makes makes good shit. Yep. <laughs> so it's it's hard to say that though. It is a little big. It is a, a little big for certain use cases. Uh, you know, but well, card isn't these days. I know, it just right? Feels like that's what they're all. Going I, I know. I was direction. I was surprised I was able to get this forty seventy, but this is a just a a, a a twin blower, and it was actually a little bit warmer than the the other two GPUs, even though it did use less power draw. So. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. So, anything else for for these reviews, Brad? You want to you want to throw in before we move on? Uh, we did get to test them, but I suppose it's worth mentioning that today's driver that unlocks support for these also unlocks the HyperRX feature. So, the game boosting performance one. Uh, that's one where really the proof will be in the pudding. We got to see how the image quality does. I unfortunately haven't had time to test that, but you can yourself. Regardless of whether or not you have one of these new cards, it should be available for all Radeon graphics cards. Uh, so download the new drivers, give it a shot, uh, and later this month, FSR three is coming out. So uh, actually, yeah, well, two things, yeah, FSR three, you know, did not get a chance to mess around with that. Uh, number two, uh, Brad, I had to double check this. HyperRX is only available on RX seven thousand. Really, it, it is. I, I had to double Weird. check it in the, the in the thing, and I'm not quite sure why exactly. Uh, because all it is, and the way that it was pitched to me when when I had a, a chat with AMD, is that like, hey, listen, it's just like a, a a one one click boom. Try to try to set up your your games the best way possible. It's it's kind of like a, a driver level thing where it's like, hey, turn on anti anti lag, uh, super right. resolution or e- either FSR or RSR, uh, and the um boost. Yeah, I think it's Radeon boost. Uh, so it's essentially per game or over the whole driver level, and it's just a one-click thing. And I'm not quite sure exactly why it's it's locked. I mean, let, let me triple check, but uh, I I am almost positive that that I read that, and I was just like, what? I I don't fully base. understand. Yeah. It says, uh, yeah, hardware uh, requirements is RDNA three base products, including the AMD Radeon RX seven thousand series or newer. So oh. oh, okay. Yes. Well, that's weird. That's the total opposite of everything I always thought about that. Right? It might be because that uh, new anti-lag plus feature might be part of it, rather than just standard anti-lag, and anti-lag plus is already in A3. <laughs> but the good news is HyperRx is basically just a switch to turn on a bunch of other switches already available yeah. in Radeon settings. So you can go in there and turn on Radeon Super Resolution, uh, Radeon Boost, and Anti-Lag, and get similar effects. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now that I think about it, the Anti-Lag Plus is the only thing that's for RX 7000s. But yeah, it's it's weird that they wouldn't just make HyperRx say, hey, do you have Anti-Lag or do you have Anti-Lag Plus? It doesn't matter. Turn on one or both. Uh, so yeah, I'm surprised. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, it's just like kind of an easy one-click feature to to kind of turn these things on i did test it a little bit and i i, I was planning on doing a, a little video too because the the other thing is is that certain games have support to say hey when I, you hit hyper rx it turns on fsr instead of rsr uh because all, all games you could use hyper rx and it'll just do rsr it'll bump down the resolution you you, you scale it back up or, or i'm sorry you bump down the resolution it'll scale it back up uh, but specific games, I think there was like eight of them on the list, uh, including like Cyberpunk, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, a couple of the other ones. Uh, when you when you hit the the button, it'll choose FSR actually uh, instead of RSR. 
um, at the driver level, not at the game level though. And I'm not exactly sure how that works. Uh, I haven't like, I haven't gotten the FSR part of it to work yet, even in the games that they talked about it working in. So I'm not RSR sure, but... is basically FSR at the driver level. So it shouldn't make a difference. Yeah. So it's an interesting little tool. Yeah. But FSR three, that that's the thing I think kind of the other thing everyone wants to see that, that we haven't really gotten our hands on yet. Hopefully we'll have a chance later this month. They say their first games are going to come in September, so nice. they're going to make me play Forspoken again. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, uh, speaking of a game that uh, I know Gordon is uh, very excited to play, uh, Cinebench. The new Cinebench <laughs> uh, is actually here. I'm surprised. I, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it. Uh, they shared it a little bit on Discord. Uh, what are you talking about? I can't go anywhere without overhearing kids talking about the new. Oh, I know <laughs> they, they should. I, in in our it. circles, they they should be. Hey, hey, you got that new Cinebench? You got that? Yeah. New, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. So this one kind of came out of nowhere. I I'm, I'm usually not kind of clued in on this, but uh, but I I had I'd, uh, been able to reach out a little bit ahead of time and. And w- with Gordon's help, we were kind of messing around with it and looking at it. I like it installed it on a bunch of laptops and hardware and just playing around with it. So Cinebench, it's, 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 there's no R anymore. And yeah, I was going to say, which R is it now? No, yeah. no, okay. no R. And now it's just tied to the year. So Cinebench 2024. Oh, okay. So that's, that's the first big thing is that there's no R. Look at that. That's, mm. that's progress. <laughs> <laughs> R. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but really the bigger thing is that it, it adds, uh, one of them, uh, yeah, the Dr. Ian Cutris, uh, thank you, uh, is is the other one that's really excited to talk about it. And yes, Gordon, I, I've had chats with Gordon. You should see my, my text list. Like, I was like, hey, what do you think? And he just like, like over a dozen little text bubbles just <laughs> giving me his thoughts on stuff. So a couple quick things. We, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it because uh, I know it's real high level and only really for <laughs> reviewers. But I love using Cinebench. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> um, so the uh, the... The, the first thing is that it adds a GPU uh, option as yep. well. So so when, when, you, when you load it up, there's a GPU and then there's the two CPU options like usual, uh, single core and, and multi-core. Uh, when you load it up, it actually defaults to the 10-minute stress test, which is different. Usually you load it up and it defaults to one run, but now it defaults to the 10-minute run and you have to go into advanced settings uh, and, and switch it to single run. So that's interesting. Um, they've updated some of the, the built-in, uh, things that they benchmarked against, uh, but some of them are still real old and like, okay, I don't understand. Like on the, on the GPU one, I think the highest level GPU that, that, that is in the, the pre-list, uh, is a, a 2080, I think. I love that. I love how updated that stuff is. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, man, what is this from? I'm yeah. like, wait, 2024 and 2080 is the, the highest one that you have in your pre-installed mm-hmm. list. So uh, I would love to uh, figure out what the hell <laughs> that is about. <laughs> um, but then the, the the biggest one, and this is the one that kind of Gordon and I was was going back and forth on. Let, let me actually bring up some of the te- text messages. I'm, I'm not going to leak anything out here. Um, but uh, he... He says uh, it, it's obviously a big change from standard CPU-based rendering. So usually, especially video nerds like us are uh, like, hey, you know what? CPU, CPU-based CPU rendering is going to be the most accurate. Yes, it's going to take longer than GPU-based uh, rendering, but a lot of people like Gamers Nexus, I mean, he, they built out uh, render farms with, with thread rippers rather than going GPU-based because it's, it's just, uh, you know... You, 
a little bit better quality wise, you know, whatever it's, it's debatable. Uh, but now, uh, it's actually basing both the CPU and the GPU based renders off of Redshift. Uh, so essentially, and this is the, the, the part that Gordon is having a hard time. He even says, um, Oh crap! Uh, if I if I can't find it, uh, he said he's uh, it's it's a big change. He he he's curious to see if people are actually going to embrace embrace it because of the change. Um, yeah. But he said uh, it, it's confusing me at this point, and I'm not sure how to calibrate it in my brain versus previous versions. Uh, because yeah, having having a GPU based accelerator renderer on the CPU doesn't necessarily make sense. But he also would like to point out, like, okay. Usually in his tests, like he did like Topaz Labs video upscale AI. It's like, okay, you could render it out on the CPU, but it takes like seven hours. Or you can render it on the GPU and it takes like 30 minutes. So yes, maybe the CPU base one is better, but maybe this, this signals that, hey, it doesn't matter. Most people, because of the benefits of GPU-based rendering, are willing to take that hit because it's so much better. Yes, definitely. They so, definitely are. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. So so it, it, it's weird. Gordon, Gordon is... He's he's conflicted. He's confused. I wish he was here to to uh, you know kind of go over it himself. But he he was pretty excited to talk about it. I uh, uh, I haven't had a chance to touch it yet because I was cramming on those reviews yesterday. Yeah, but, it, uh, it just came out yesterday. Uh, yeah, Cinebench twenty twenty four. You can go download it now if you want. But from when I was reading the uh, leaderboards or score system, however you want to call it, net, uh, they treat all hardware the same. So there's not like separate leaderboards for CPUs and GPUs. It puts out, huh. spits out a score based on how well it rendered, regardless of the type, which I find really interesting. Yeah. Also, also, it it uh, when you, especially when you do the GPU based one next to the next to the thing, it says if you're on Apple M1, it'll say metal. If you're on a uh, Nvidia card, it'll say um, I think it said CUDA, I think. Uh, and then on the uh, the AMD card that they had on there, it said HITS. Uh, which, which HIP, I, right? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? So so it's actually three different... Because I was talking about this with Gordon, too, and I was like, well, that doesn't seem fair. But then he's like, well, yeah, then, but why wouldn't you use the accelerated thing on the platform that it's supported on? So, yeah. It's it's weird. It's, in, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, I'm curious to see how the scores work out as far as NVIDIA versus AMD, just at a nerd tech battle level. Yeah. Because up until recently, uh, Redshift only supported NVIDIA graphics cards up until earlier this year. And if you're doing tests that have ray trace enabled, I know that they still vastly prefer uh, ray trace uh, NVIDIA cards. So I'm curious to see if that bias... I'm not even sure if there is a bias. I'd have to test it for him. But I'm curious to see if that shows up in the score somehow. Uh, in, but I like the idea of them working this in because people always say, hey, you know, you're just running Cinebench. Nobody's actually out there running Cinebench in the world, even though it's based on Redshift and Maxon 4D and everything. People actually use Redshift in the production world. So I actually am, love and embrace the fact that they are working more practical things into this. Well, and, and that's that's what it feels like. At the end of the day, it feels like they were like, hey, you know what? Why are we limiting it just to CPU? Because we got all these people doing, uh, you know, rendering stuff on GPUs. Right. And we have none of that. So, like, it, it's like, hey, you know what? 
whatever your workload is, if, if you used uh, Redshift, then then you're going to kind of plug it in and be like, okay, well, should you do it on CPU or should you do it on GPU? Oh, you know what? GPU's quicker. Why, why not just use it there? So, yeah, like I'm, I'm not quite sure and Gordon isn't quite sure either, like how it's going to play out in the future of like CPU reviews. Yeah, that's but, the thing. I, it's yeah. a, it, there's a, I think there's a strong chance it just doesn't show up in a lot of CPU reviews going forward. But that's yeah. fine. That the, it's not like the old Cinebenches went away. People still use the, the, all those previous versions. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 So that, that's uh, <laughs> it's it, interesting. Little little side note. I, I want to play with it more. It, I was like a kid in the candy store, just uh, you know, loading it up on a bunch of different systems. I'm gonna I'm, and... gonna, I'm gonna play around with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's always fun. And it's a new scene instead of that. Yep. Oh, that's instead great. of that stupid table with like a, a canted uh, uh, uh-huh. shot. A I, living room scene. Oh God, I, I hated that <laughs> scene. It just was so ugly. Uh, but now now it's a little nicer. Uh, but one of the other bummer too is that it used to show. Uh, a little block fill up per core so it's mm-hmm. like oh if you have a lot yeah, of cores you're going to see all those no more it's like an asmr yeah no more <laughs> no matter what it's always just two little squares and it doesn't fill up anymore it's just a square and then it's, it's, it's it, it, then it flashes when it's done so it, uh, mm-hmm. it's not as interesting i guess to watch uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. so <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, oh, you oh, know, no. uh, and Doctor Ian Cutris like would like me to point out uh, it does have a cool startup animation where these like umbrellas drop. Uh, okay, so that's cool. Well, that's something. <laughs> this is this is kind of a kind of a dry conversation, I'm sure, but uh, hopefully it kind of shows to people who are listening to like the amount of thought that we put into using benchmarks. Like yeah. we wouldn't just just because there's a new version of Cinebench out doesn't mean we'll run it. Uh, we have to test it and make sure it actually works. I was talking about this with Adam a bit because he had never tested graphics cards before, and I was explaining to him, yeah, I run this, but then I also use these tools to validate that and all this and all that. The reason our game benchmarks tend to be older is because I do a lot of validation to make sure a lot of that stuff actually does what it says. So, I, well, What was that process like for you, Adam? Was it like, uh, like getting a lot of scripts from, from Brad and stuff like that, or you do... Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I did the same way. I was just sitting over those computers for a whole weekend. And for some it always is a holiday weekend, isn't it, Brad? When these goddamn every time. GPUs come Jesus out every Christ. time. It, so it's it, like, man, July, so, I remember a couple of July 4th where that happened. It's funny. And, and Brad, I know you, you can speak to this too, but but Gordon, you know, who, who I've mostly learned benchmarking from, he's very much a, I want to put my hands on it. I want to be the one to click it. I don't want any scripts to break right. or anything like that. Like he's a... He's a, a sort, you know. He's he's like the the barista at the the hipster coffee shop taking each yeah. little bean. He's like, oh, I want to <laughs> third way, you know, CPU exa- reviews. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Hand hand fresh benchmarks, no scripting. That's that's kind of how he does. Uh, Brad, I I know you're in the same boat, but why why? I am, uh, especially for graphics card. I think it's very vital because there are cases where software cheats or hardware cheats, and like we see it with VRAM capacity sometimes because there's a big deal is eight gigabytes enough. You'll see some of them you'll get perfectly fine FPS scores, but if you're actually playing the game and watching the game, you'll see that's because they secretly degraded textures so you can see the difference, and that's how they keep the performance up. So it's really worthwhile to be in there paying attention to each run that happens, yep. making sure everything's operating the way it should be. Yeah, so and, and I have done some testing before uh, helping out our, our other video freelancer, Keith, uh, where I was testing some GPUs on my end for a video that he was doing. So I, I've done some of it before, but yeah, it's it's definitely like a formal process of we, we, we got the pre-release driver, uh, you know, running DDU, you know, configuring the, the test bench, making sure everything is is running the same across all the GPUs and, yep. and things like that. So, I mean, 
if anything, it's just a lot of like double checking and be like, okay, did I run that right? Okay. And then putting numbers in a spreadsheet. And th- honestly, that's my worst part. I I hate putting the numbers in the spreadsheet and configuring Excel. Like I hate Excel. Excel yeah. is the worst game in the world uh, for, for me. So <laughs> yeah. like that, that, yeah. And then luckily Brad took the information and, and went and write because I'm, I'm not a great writer. So uh, well, th- that's the other, that's the other hard part for me is being like, okay, well now I got all the information, but now I have to write it. Ugh. I'm just going to uh-huh. make a video. Sell yourself short, sir. <laughs> but no, it, it was fun. I, I, I obviously want to get more into to benchmarking and, and testing and stuff like that. So there's other plans to to go on. Uh, this just Fantastic. ended up happening to be a, a fun little side thing for the trial by fire. Side. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, on I, the holiday weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily we, we, we got a good team. Brad was, was able to help me uh, mm-hmm. even though it was late at night for him and he was dealing with other stuff. So <laughs> um, teamwork makes the dream work, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking, uh, speaking of uh, scripting and, and uh, yeah, and automation and, and making sure things are running smoothly. If you want to get a PC, you want it to be running smooth, right? Uh, and some, yeah, oh, super, like not smooth thirty. We're talking about like <laughs> real smooth, like infinite smooth. Uh, and you know what? Sometimes you, you want you want to buy from a company that's going to have a, a a PC that you know is just going to be stable, awesome, kick ass, awesome performance. And that's Falcon Northwest. Uh, which you know, I mean, if if you like coffee. Then each system comes with a bag of Falcon fuel. Uh, even if you don't like coffee, uh, you should still look into Falcon Northwest systems. One one of the one of the biggest things that that I enjoy about getting a Falcon Northwest system is uh, is is getting the folder and inside the folder you've got like all the specs of the system that that they send. Uh, but then they have the initials of the people who configured it, uh, all the things that they did for like testing uh, and and making sure everything's running. And then they they run like burn-in tests. They they write down and provide like the the scores for the testing they do. So once you can get it, you can run the score and make sure nothing uh, got hurt in translation. So super cool, uh, fun stuff. And and you know like every time every time one of them has has come in for us to to check out over the years it's like oh this is, this is a cool experience they 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 send the extra box and everything that a a, a normal uh person would get if they bought from Falcon Northwest uh and the coffee and a mug uh yeah so so fun so thank you for to Falcon Northwest for for sponsoring the episode uh, I know I got a little serious there but you know it's it it's fun stuff uh you can go over to their website check out the the uh the configurator tool. I mean, there, there's a lot of cool stuff. This is the first time that I had seen the new frag box. Uh, there's, there's a PNY 4090 in here. Uh, and you know what? I can just, I can just carry it around like a, you know, like a GameCube. Yeah. Go. Just like, Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Even better than the GameCube handle. Cause yeah. it's on the top. Why'd they put the handle on the back oh, of the GameCube? Nah. That doesn't make any oh. sense. Falcon Northwest has it right. The handle on the top. Uh-huh, there you <laughs> go. That's, that's that's where you need it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. Thanks again to Falcon Northwest for uh, for sponsoring this episode. Um, they yeah. they do sick custom paint jobs too. If you follow their uh, Twitter handle, they usually do uh, you know reader spotlight on Friday or whatever, and you can get custom art done on there from artists, and they look amazing. Uh, speaking of which, they actually had a, a kitted out Starfield one. Uh, I don't know if you, ha- it was for the Tiki and, and boy, that one was pretty nice. Uh, yeah. speaking of Starfield, Starfield's the year. Uh, have you heard about it? Jeff Grubb? Have you heard, about, heard about this game? Have you yeah. Heard about it? Okay. Uh, you know, if, in case you haven't heard about it, it's the new big game from Bethesda. Uh, think, 
think Skyrim. The one's made Andromeda, right? Oh yeah, exactly. This is the next version of Mass Effect. Uh, actually, <laughs> that would be weird if all of a sudden Ma- Mass Effect Five was was this game. Uh, not not quite the same. Anyway, uh, the, there, we can talk about the game itself in a minute, but I, I do want to go over some of the the launch things that are going on hardware release wise. Uh, Brad, I heard you couldn't play Starfield on an Arc GPU. That's a bummer. You couldn't the day that it launched in early access. That's 100% correct, and that 100% is a bummer, and that's the kind of thing that might make people reconsider buying Intel graphics cards in the futures. But the good news is they got it up and running within three days, so long before the proper release. Yeah. The good news is, well, I guess the good they were honoring refunds for people with Intel, right? Kind of across the board for that. So if you you were hesitant about that, you could have got your money back and then just bought it when it did work. And it's not a great solution, but it's better than than the the alternative there. Did did they? It's really say- weird to me that that happened because Intel's been really really aggressive about day zero uh, driver releases. Uh, yeah. and it makes me think that maybe Bethesda just didn't it's send Bethesda. them a code early. No, I mean, no, no. no. I heard I heard AMD paid them off. Man, to say, exactly. hey, you know what? Why don't you break on Intel cards? And it's like that's like the exact good like reference point here because like we can. I mean, you talk to AMD, they're like, no, we we're not paying to keep a, a DLSS off of here. And then you you play it, and you're like, I, this game feels like they only put effort into the stuff that they had right in front of them, and things that were like, oh, hey, could you do this as well? It's like, no, we cannot do that. We were like, we got we got to keep this thing together with duct tape, which I, I like the game a lot, but it's like it does feel a lot of times like it's just barely hold, held together in a lot of ways. So them kind of making sure that like oh we're going to support intel yeah it probably works on there we'll check later and then no one ever checked (laughs) actually yeah probably the the other the other thing that kind of struck me after learning about you know that whole uh amd fsr exclusivity thing was that the the fsr implementation in starfield is actually not up to the the usual implementation usually it's hey what upscaler do you want to pick you pick that one if it's fsr or even DLSS or whatever, you usually pick some sort of like, hey, do you want balance? Preset. Uh, Yeah, do you want quality? Do you want uh, whatever the other ones? This doesn't have that. So like, like if, if if what they're saying that that AMD came in here and threw buckloaded buck you know a, a ton of money and said, hey, you know what, put FSR in there, make sure it's awesome, and keep everyone else out. I I feel like the FSR implementation would have been even more rock solid to say, hey. You know what? Have all the the stuff that people think of of FSR. You know the quality options and things like that. And it was it was not there. It's it's kind of kind of weird. Brad, have you have you poked around in the menus? Uh, I still don't have a functioning desktop, so <laughs> I've been playing it on Xbox last night. So oh. No. <laughs> oh no! But the good news is because I'm playing it on Xbox Game Pass. The second I do have a working PC, I can hop right back over there. That's the reason I'm playing it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right. I uh, we'll forget it. But, but yeah, I, I think I think that's something that people need to can, don't think about when they talk about, hey, look, this modder, because this week, like modders did put out DLSS mods for uh, Starfield already. Yes, a modder can get that in there in, you know, two days or whatever it is. But the time taking part of it would be quality assurance. Like go, you got to go through and make sure that works all the way through the game when you start adding upscalers and stuff like that. So it's not as simple as you would think. So, you know, Bethesda games having that Bethesda jank when they come out, I'm not surprised that they don't have a full featured FSR implementation yet, because again, they would have to QA that as well. Right. What what it feels like is, hey, this is the FSR implementation that we're using for the the console. Console. Because yeah. on the console, yeah, FSR 
when it's there you can't pick quality it's in levels. the background yeah. yeah yeah so like this feels like hey you know what okay this is what's on the console all right sure yeah maybe we'll go in and, and add stuff later but yeah there was yeah so this did obviously bring up a, a a huge round of talk about people being like oh look well this modder put dlss in there like that it was it's done not. it was easy it's just easy and, and, and then my game started crashing when i started using it and it's like there because <laughs> yep. it's not qa'd and uh, like uh, yeah it, it it probably is pretty easy to just turn on dlss it is not necessarily easy to then ship a product you have to do customer support for afterward and so yeah of course they want to avoid that and i'm not too surprised it's a shame it's not that's not a great excuse i i want it in there the game runs so much better when you have that frame generation stuff it's it's incredible actually i was getting like 300 frames per second on some places i was that was kind of rough before but oh wait I, so the, you the, tried the mod yeah, I did. Yeah, oh, I gave you the guy did. five dollars. Even I even gave him oh, money. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. you had it crash on you. Yeah, yeah, it crashed on me once, and oh, I'm okay. like, this, this is my own fault. I'm using mods. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. It's like when when it is working, which is most of the time still, uh, it is a huge difference. It is very, very nice to play it that way. The LSS is great, of course. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not a developer. I feel like we talk about this every damn time, but it's just like. I, I hear some people say like, oh, it's just easy. They could have just done it like that. Why didn't they do that? And then, some, you know, some people are like, no, actually, it does take a lot of implementation. So it's it's hard to, to wrap your head around what's what's going on in here. But looking at the game itself now that it is here, like uh, obviously the the PC implementation with all the 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 sliders and things like that isn't like top notch either. You know, like there's some stuff in there. that I'm like, OK, well, that's interesting when, when you when you pick a preset like you know high or ultra it it automatically changes the uh the rendering resolution if you have the upscaler on so mm-hmm. you know so like so so actually over most of the weekend i actually did play starfield on the 7700 xtx because I, I just wanted to see kind of what what performance was going to be like on this card and that the 7800 xt or i'm sorry 7800 x3d was the cpu i paired it with <laughs> anyway so uh with the high preset i noticed the rendering resolution like dropped down uh, right to like God, what was the rendering? 66 yeah, or something, something like that, something like that. Think, yeah so I think ultra is like 75 like percent and then yeah so like 66 percent. it was weird because ultra isn't just a hundred percent you know but i mean yeah, if you have fsr on yeah, that that you, makes if, sense yeah yeah it right. makes sense uh, but the the actual FSR implementation, I, I like, I, I feel is different. It, I don't know. Anyway, but at, on the high, on high, I was able to get pretty much, pretty much an average sixty uh, on my four K TV. But once again, that was using FSR. I was, you know, it was one one down, one notch down to high, and so yeah, the rendering resolution was was uh, fifty. Um, so, but I mean, e- either way, like I, I had a, a a good time on it. You know, just. And then the the other thing, the um, our friend uh, Steve Burke over at Gamers Nexus definitely go watch that video. He did benchmarks on CPUs. He, he listed about a, he tested a whole bunch of different CPUs in the Starfield, and the scaling was like actually really, um, I, I I don't know the right word, but yeah, the more CPU power you can throw at this game, the more you're going to get from it. Yeah, it's, it really does. It's a very heavy game, which is another word for CPU bound in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, it is. There's a lot going on in there, and it definitely is surprisingly affected by your CPU. 
Yeah. Uh, in uh, Bethesda games always are. Bethesda games. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, side note, uh, Davina in the chat's doing it right. Said uh, got picked up Titanfall two for four bucks and just playing that's, that. Hey, there we go. That's, can't go wrong with that. That's the oh, game right there. Oh boy, hell yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, Doctor Ian Cutrives is running on his uh, Broadwell system of the twenty eighty Ti. It's, it sounds like I think that's what Gordon has. Hmm. Or he has has Will X or something. I remember. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I I was surprised. Like it's. And then I, I was actually playing it. I first couldn't get it to run on my ROG Ally, but then I, I realized it didn't push the new driver, driver version. So I had to go down and, and get the newest driver version for the Radeon uh, right. in there. And then I was able to get it. And so... Yeah, the game yells at you like, hey, your your driver's out of date if you try to use the wrong one. Yeah, but I'm it's like, like, what yeah. the hell? So yeah, yeah. I, I got the new one. I was able to put it on there and it was uh, at lowest settings. Excuse me, w- with FSR and... and uh, kind of all that other stuff on I, I you know i feel like i'm somewhere in the 30s and 40s but like like i don't feel like it's like that graphically intensive of a game that i like i'm missing the bells and whistles like yeah. on, on the handheld it actually i I would say about like a third of my playtime over the weekend was on the handheld and i i had fun with it uh yeah, I, i'm gonna get that i'm gonna get that set up tonight actually because so, it's uh i mean, well if i could turn off armored core i've been playing a lot of armored core as well and that's a very oh. good game if i can turn that off then i'll i'll, I'll get that installed on the the roger ally yeah <laughs> The Roger is that the yeah we call it the Roger the Roger parts yeah they're like it's not Raj it's R O G I'm like well I'm not saying that the Roger so. ally <laughs> Roger ally uh-huh. okay. uh-huh. uh, what's the vector Victor um <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, and any other bugs I I know uh, Jeff you've you've had this game for a bit haven't you yeah yeah I've been about thirty Spoilers. hours into it and then I had to go to Seattle for PAX but uh, yeah we um. I was playing a lot of it. I yeah, I had some really uh, kind of bad bugs. Uh, uh, one caused my ship to disappear for a while, and that, that means uh, it wasn't just like oh, it's an invisible ship. It's like no, you can't do space flight anymore. So I can't go uh, get do combat. I can't fly to these other ships and do commerce in space or anything like that. Can't dock with anything. It was basically I was I was soft locked in from a, a lot of stuff. Uh, eventually. I fast traveled around enough, got into a system, had an asteroid belt, and the asteroid hit my ship. I heard a bang, and my ship flew in from the side of the screen, like it, like <laughs> at like a seven thousand miles per hour. And, like, <laughs> and like, oh, okay, all right, and it worked after that. Uh, the, the the way worse one was, um, it was not doing after a crucial story segment in the in, and it was um this fork in the road where you can go one place, you go the other. Um, I went up to the, the, the place that's up in the up in space and did it, and it's like okay, now you got to go back to the other place. And going back to the other place, which was on uh, the main planet at Alpha Centauri, they do a, a a contraband scan on your ship. That was not happening, so I was not clear to land. So the uh, the the main segment of the, of the planet was grayed out for me, and I could not land there. And I had to go there to continue the main story. And this is right when the main story was getting good, so I was really bummed out. Mm. And all my save, my, all my auto saves were overwritten. I I lost about three hours to save going back to my last manual save to fix that. So oh. I've I've you know I've talked to a lot of people. Some people are like, "Man, yeah, my mine has been completely bug free." I'm like, "Really bug free? Like nothing?" Because I'm like, at the very least, I'm getting the familiar Bethesda jank, which has never really bothered me. It's a little bit more immersion breaking here when it's like uh, this NASA space uh, punk game. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, that person's just kind of walking up in the middle and while we're talking. That feels awkward and out of place. Uh, but I'm getting a lot of that. That doesn't bother me so much as the progression stuff, though. Yeah, I, I, I feel like everyone has their own definition of what a bug is, right? It's oh, like, yeah, okay, is this a, sure. is it a progression thing? I mean, yeah, f- for me, because 
technically, if if I'm in a conversation and it locks in on that person's face, and then all of a sudden, like another character just like walks and stands in between, like is that a bug? Right. I I, I mean, I guess like a you know some sort of scripting bug should have been able to tell it like, hey, you know what? Don't stand in front of the person. Yeah, talking, that's dude. that's jank. Yeah, that, that, that's jank. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know yeah. if that's a technical term. It's probably a technical yeah. term, right? Yeah, no, known, known jank. <laughs> uh, so yeah. yeah. So like, but for for me, yeah, like the. Like the jankiness, I've seen it here and there, but nothing that crazy. And bug wise, there was only one time where I had I had any sort of bug where it just wouldn't it wouldn't load into something. Like I, I had a uh, a place I was going on a planet. I was fast traveling from one spot on a a planet to another, and like it just would get hung up and just like like the game would hard lock, and I'd have to close it and do it again. And instead, I, I just went to a different spot on the planet than when I did there, and then and then it, it was fine. But, like, you know, that wasn't like a – it didn't break anything. It was just like, huh, that's weird. This one spot, like, wouldn't load for some reason. Yep. Um, but, I mean, hey, I, I mean, I would consider that an achievement, right? Like, I feel like usually when, like, Fallout 4 came out or, you know, even 76, you know, uh, Skyrim usually is just like, oh, my God, it's just, this thing's a, a dumpster fire. It's yeah, surprising I mean, to me. Yeah, people that are not, having – that experience of like mostly it's it's you know, and it's this is not some like oh one person says that a lot of people are like no yeah i'm not i'm seeing anything and i think but yeah, it, it's so random there's no way to like really understand why some people are having an experience and others aren't in terms of bugs um but it's like I, I went way off the beaten path at first and and probably did just break some fundamental stuff and it kind of dominoed from there hmm. um that's you're getting still not a great uh, excuse but uh overall the, I, I'll, I'll say the game does seem like they spent an extra year on it which they did uh in a lot of ways so uh, i'm uh, overall i'm very happy with it i'm I, i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it more the more i play and the more i get into especially into the main quest where main quest starts off just go here get a thing come back go here get a thing come back and then as you start peeling back on like what is actually happening there there is some it's very intriguing oh, okay. and it has some implications for you hear people talk about new game plus the game really gets started new game plus there's some mm-hmm. implications like oh i think i understand what they mean by that and that's that's cool that that plays into the story so um yeah I, I, it has its hooks it has its hooks into me and i want to keep playing it's just a it is it's a big game it's very easy to get off that beaten path and start like just discovering stuff on your own uh which I'm I'm also enjoying doing that. Uh, overall, I think it's a it's a really well done game. There are a lot of seven out of ten moments uh, when you're playing it where it's like this just feels awkward and clunky compared to where I thought we would be with a, a space RPG at this point. You know, you know, fast traveling and 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 flying to planets and stuff like that it just feels like yeah, you know, they they did the right thing in terms of making sure that it was a fast paced game. I'm not sure if it's as immersive as I wanted it to be. Uh, but then I get into some of these quests and have a really memorable time. And it's like, okay, I see where they put their effort in here. And I think it was the right place to put the effort. Yeah, honestly, so I'm about, I think I'm about 18 hours in. Um, and I'm kind of feeling that same thing where like the, but I'm also going off and doing a bunch of side stuff. Like I haven't progressed a ton in, in the main story because I'm like, eh, this doesn't feel like like that interesting yet. So good to hear maybe it comes later. So I'll, I'll feel that. But I yeah. think the bigger thing for me is that like Skyrim and Fallout. I actually, me personally, I prefer Fallout versus Skyrim. I'm more of a post-apocalyptic guy than a D and D kind of guy personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the but space, you know, I I love space. So I mean, I I I don't know what I was expecting, but I love that idea of just dropping into one of the other games and just being like, oh, well, look at that mountain range over there. I guess I'm just gonna start walking towards that. Where this mm-hmm. like it's just like oh 
pick, pick a planet from the screen and, and fast travel. So I'm, I'm missing that, yeah. like, just, hey, go and do stuff. And yeah, you kind of have to force yourself into it a little bit, I think. It's a, that's the weird thing. It's uh, the, Some of these planets are big enough, and the main planets especially, you could treat them like this is just the, like, if I just spend all my time here, I could walk around this place and... Which go, I have done some of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's not, there's not as there. much on each planet as, like, a... Yeah. Like a, a you yeah. know one of their other worlds, so it's that's definitely right. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's not like I was I was saying this earlier. I I it's hard to describe if I'm having a good time or not. And I know that sounds bad, but like it, it's just not. I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm not like loving it, loving it. I'm just like, oh, yeah. this is fun. I'm doing things here. I'm doing things there. Exploring here. You know, trying trying out my ships and and things like that. But yeah, it's uh. I would, um, there's a couple of quests. If you, uh, get arrested relatively early, go, or if you do something illegal, go get arrested. Fun stuff happens with that. Uh, in, in the United Colony system, go get arrested. I, this is not a uh, PC world, you know, uh, official. Don't, don't, don't go get arrested. We're talking about in the game. Do crimes, you know, giant bomb. That is our motto. Yeah, so, do crimes. Yeah. <laughs> But then also the the um the, the main quest actually if you kind of do prioritize that there's some fun stuff in unlocks in terms of gameplay uh, but then there there is uh, some I do think it gets very interesting the further you get into it okay okay because I, I keep messing around on the periphery uh Brad how are you, how excited are you for this game I'm very excited uh Jeff just mentioned Armored Core and I haven't played that or Baldur's Gate three yet because I think I will get deeply sucked into both of those Dude. and I want to wait to play Starfield. I want to play those after Starfield. Yeah, what what, so, what a year I'm a Bethesda kid guy. What, what what a year for immersive, you know, RPGs. It, it, it's crazy. It's wild first, out there. It's great. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to need to hurry up and take another vacation one these days. But uh <laughs> the first 30 minutes in the Starfield, I got to say again, I only have maybe an hour in. I'm just into the prologue out in space doing stuff. The big dramatic Bethesda reveal of the outside world felt super disappointed to me because they yeah. nail it so hard in the other games and fallout three, fallout four, all those I, other games. I, I will say for that, um, there are more of those moments for you to come. <laughs> like I'm sure that's, um, that's actually the, uh, the first one. And I don't think it's actually the real step out into the world out of the vault, like a fallout game. Uh, that comes actually much later than you might be expecting. And it's very, okay. it's very cool how they pull that off. That's great to know because and this one is like you open the airlock and it actually does the crescendo swelling music. Yes, it does. It, like it tries light to play stuff it comes off. in. Yes, and I'm like, not. this is just a loading dock. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got some like, pirates over, over there. Over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'd be like Fallout, like like you know, the the gate opens and you walk out and it's yeah. just like there's a guy just doing his job over there. Like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna go for a walk, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, I haven't played enough to really get into it, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm a huge Bethesda fan, and I'm I'm psyched that they support mods right out of the gate. Yeah. Well, we we have a. I, I know uh, you need to get going, Brad, but we have a question over here that I want to address from the the Discord. Uh, da, 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 da. oh no, got buried. By... Oh, uh, Cosm C, friend of the show, Cosm MC asked, uh, "Is Starfield this generation's crisis?" Or just this month? Uh, I don't know if you can call it crisis because it still looks like a Bethesda game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think that the analog is like one-to-one because crisis, right, you, you just had like eye-blistering like like visuals. You're just like, oh my god, you need the beefiest PC ever to like view this. Like, It's not a bad-looking game, but it's also not like, oh wow, this is the, the next 
thing. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's still a Bethesda game. Yeah. yeah but yeah, it's like the, the trees are plastic and immovable. And yeah, that's, it, 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 is, it is. It is pretty resource intensive. So I think especially for CPU reviews, it's probably going to be uh, good for CPU reviews to show the scaling there. Definitely. Um, but is, is it is it crisis? I mean, that's that's big shoes to fill. You do need, it was the first game to require an SSD, though. Uh, and now Forza Motorsport's going to as well. So Microsoft's embracing that. I actually dig that. I think it's a bit what, late for that. Is so. Forza the one that's supporting uh, direct storage? One of these yeah. is supporting direct storage. Yeah, that's that's yeah. cool. I'm, I want to see that. I bet, I bet it doesn't make any actual difference, but I want to see it. Oh, man, there was another, it was in, there was another game Forspoken recently. had it. Yeah, oh, but really? oh, that's right, Forspoken. Well, they did for, yeah, Forspoken. But there was another uh, uh, one more game that came out that has a direct storage support, and I was like, "What? Oh, I had no idea." Nobody uh, was talking about it. The Portal RTX remake has RTX IO. I know oh, that it, it just came out like two months ago. Ah, oh, crap. Oh. I can't, I can't remember which which game, but yeah, it was like like real recently, and nobody was talking about the direct storage implementation in it. Yeah, uh, crap. I can't remember. Um. Ratchet and Clank, someone said. <laughs> no. Uh, Ratchet and Clank? Maybe. Did they have direct yeah, storage? May- yeah, maybe. Huh. They have. had a bunch of RTX. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, Brad, I know you need to get out of here. So if I you, do. If you need to turn into a pumpkin and, and leave, yeah. we can. Ratchet and Clank did support it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's, that's, that's what it was. Yeah, and I, I didn't hear anybody talking about direct storage in Ratchet and Clank specifically. So. Yeah, me neither. That's insane to me, which is... <clears throat> I, I haven't been following that so much because, again, I have no test system to actually usually I'd be testing mm-hmm. all this stuff. But Forspoken was kind of janky enough that I'm surprised more people didn't jump into Ratchet and Clank to follow through and see what it looks like in the second game. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. there's some YouTube videos I'm going to watch after this and it, just kind of see for myself. It actually worked pretty well, even on the Steam Deck. I was surprised the Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, yeah so of course. Yeah, they, that's a yeah. good developer on that. I'm going to uh, let you guys go. Talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks, Thank Brad. you, Brad. Good talk we to you, Brad. will see you later. Um, Adios. Jeff, what, what's what's next for Starfield? Do you are you gonna are you gonna continue to uh yeah. to go down this this journey? Yeah, uh, so like I said, I'm about thirty hours in. I had to put it down to go traveling, and then when I was traveling, I had the the allies, so I was playing a lot, a lot of armored core six. I'm very into armored core six right now. I kind of want to uh, keep those skills honed because it's a from game. So I'm going to beat that. And then I'll, I'll go back right back to uh Starfield. My, uh, I think my goal with it is to uh, at least get into new game plus uh, and maybe even get the new game plus plus uh, because it, yeah, apparently it keeps changing. The, the references I hear is a near automata. And it's like, yeah, you know, the, the game oh, actually okay. changed each time you play through it. So oh. it's like, yeah. Oh, that, that's like one of, Oh, I love, I love that game. And yeah, yeah. And I tried to tell somebody like, no, you haven't, reach the end they're like no yes, i beat it. I think they're that's like, what's no, happening you here as reached well. the end. and they were like well no I, I reached two endings and i'm like but you haven't reached the end <laughs> yes yeah so i gotta kind of see for myself what that means interesting uh, I, I don't know what that um, means and, and and it's it's it is encouraging because i like i said i'm having more fun with it the more i play the more i play it the more i get into it the more i understand yeah, really part of it is uh, I think the game does get better, but also I think I'm like meeting it where it's at a little bit more. Like you go mm-hmm. in with your expectations and then, you know, we, you struggle with like, well, this didn't work like I thought it was, uh, I was expecting. Yeah. And that is disappointing. And that is disappointing. It's like at a certain point you're like, oh, well, I, now I see what it's good at. I'll just do more of what it's good at. And that's, that's part of it. But definitely part of it is they, they, 
they have a lot of stuff that they save for the back half and a lot of stuff for like when you're more leveled up and capable as a, as a player and, and a character. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep at it. Uh, there's a lot of games this year though. So it is that. <laughs> I keep thinking, it's like, well, you know, at least the year's over and there's nothing else coming out and it's just now September. So. <laughs> nope, <laughs> a lot more games coming. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. all right. So I'm, I'm going to ask this. I, it's way too early to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because that's what we do here. Is this? Do you think this Starfield is going to have the a lasting impact like Skyrim? I mean, Skyrim has literally been like re-released on everything under the sun. The what the uh, the Echo Dot or the you know Alexa yes, had a, the crime, you know right? I mean? The Alexa version, yeah. So like, do you do you think this is going to be Skyrim level? Damn, this game lives on forever. Uh, no, but I don't think anything will be Skyrim level. Uh, really, ever again, probably. Uh. <laughs> It will be close, though. I do think that um, the support for mods, the uh, the community, uh, they're already going hard. I think that there will be a lot of uh, of stuff like that that keeps it going very strong. Um, I think that the, the this game will probably get some major updates and may, maybe improve some other stuff. They they've already said they got DLC coming. Um, I think it will be in that pantheon of of Bethesda games that lives on for ten years. I just. It, the the star or the Skyrim ten years was just so much like it just keeps coming out it keeps selling it sold like thirty million copies over all these years I don't know if, if Starfield necessarily does that yeah yeah uh, or last question which uh, you've played all the Fallout games or at least the modern uh, I, Fallout games I played the all yes the modern ones I, I played uh, I haven't beat New Vegas I know it's the one everyone loves the most oh. but, uh, yeah, yeah I know <laughs> see that's the best one that's the I know, best it's the one. best one I, I really I'm, I'm want to take time but not this year <laughs> yeah not, not this year uh get around to it uh, willis get around to it we'll do, we'll yeah, do. yeah. New, new vegas uh anyway uh speaking of uh, gaming on the go which i've been doing a lot of starfield gaming on the go the lenovo legion go uh so this the news broke or the the embargo lifted what was it last friday thursday thursday evening for this is the one they announced previously that had like the Joy-Con style controllers, right? This is the one that the controllers come off, or is that a different one? I'm thinking. Uh, this is that one. It, it had okay. not been announced until last Thursday. It just been leaked a lot oh, of places. Oh, leaked the leak. Okay, yeah, that's so right. So leaked a lot of places. So yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we got a hands-on video on the channel. Uh, Lenovo came out uh, a number of weeks ago. Um, it was kind of an interesting demo. So I, I kind of want, want to walk through it, kind of compare the handheld la- landscape. I know a lot of people here don't love handhelds, but, um, but I do. And it's, it's, it's a hot market. So, yes. so we're, we're going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> so the, 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 the big thing, the big thing them, well, there's a couple big things that is big, a 8.8 inch screen. So that is like the biggest screen on a handheld uh, as of By now, far. yeah, like yeah. the the Aya Neo Kuhn, I think is eight point four, eight point three, eight point two, somewhere around there. So it, it's getting there, but not not quite. That was a huge screen, and and I like having a huge screen. Like I was like, dang, this is this is pretty nice. But one point eight pounds. Oof, that thing was heavy. oh, that's heavy. That thing was heavy, and like, huh? I remember early on in having the Steam Deck. Because the only port of reference was like the Switch, right? Which was light and just didn't have a great grip. The Steam Deck had a way better grip, but it was heavier. And even then, like sometimes I would feel like, oh, wow, I'm actually feel a little bit of fatigue. The same yep. 1.8 pounds, like we're going to get ripped. We're yes. going to get ripped. <laughs> Massive <laughs> tries and yeah. buys. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> we're just going to sit here and just do this all day. Uh, no, yeah. So that worries me a little bit more. But I think the bigger the bigger thing that they're really pushing is the disconnected controllers 
there's hmm, like like I I get it because obviously it's successful on the Switch, but on the other hand, I don't get it because yeah. at one point eight pounds, trying to rely on having your whole grip on something that is is plastic and can can wobble and like potentially break, dude. I I, I bet a lot of these things are are just gonna snap right off. Yeah, the, and it's uh, not like like you know. You can go find a Nintendo Joy-Con at any store, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, near you. Like, if you really need to go get new ones, you just go grab them. The the weight of it, like, it was obviously, obviously heavy uh, and very surprising in the hand. I only got, like, I only held it for, like, 10 minutes, so, you know, I sure. I, I, I don't know how, but I, how that's going to be. I'm but I'm with you on that, because, like, I, um, you know, using the, the Switch, when I feel like the Joy-Cons are even if they are connected and, and sturdy, I still find myself doing like an extra like cup around the bottom with my pinkies to make sure it's fully secure. And that I'm not like putting undue wear and tear on the hinges that connect the joy con to the switch. And that's the, it happens almost on a subconscious level with me. So it's like, uh, Oh, I'm just kind of making sure everything's okay. And that makes it fatigue a little bit faster, even on the switch. So if you add in that extra weight on top of that, um, I guess I just hope that the connection is very strong and very obviously secure, so I don't even think about it. But I don't know. Did it feel that way in the 10 minutes you held it? I mean, to, to be fair, uh, what they showed us was pre-release hardware. So, they, and, stuff, and, yeah. and, it, and okay. it was, it was, it was very early. Like, you know, like fit and finish, right. polish, like it was very early. So, like, you know, maybe the connection will be stronger uh, when, when it comes out. But it, it was definitely like, okay, you know. I, I, I'm sure I, I, I'm going to have to reserve judgment for, for final kind of thing, but that's what worried me the most. And the, the positive aspects from de detaching, I don't feel like, like make up for, for what I worry about the weight and the, the sturdiness. So yeah, I'm, I agree that, that, that was the hard part for me is that, yeah, detaching, like, I don't know, like the idea of like detaching and putting it on your, your table. And I just, would rather you know, just have my own it. controller. I'd have just have a separate controller and just use that instead. Yeah. Who, who, who games like that, even on the Switch? I mean, I, I don't, I, I would, yeah, I will say the only time is when I'm on an airplane. My yeah, wife and I will, plane. yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll put it on, we'll, we'll detach, but like when I'm at home, no. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So, but the, the other claim to fame that the, that, detachable controllers are, are allowing is it comes uh in in the case it comes with this little like disc that you put one of the controllers in and then you you or before you do that you you flip on this little switch called fps mode which has a little laser pointer on the bottom so you put it in this little disc and you're essentially it's like a vertical mouse have you ever messed with one of those vertical mice oh uh, yeah yeah so i got something a while back i was thinking about getting it out the other day because i was having some wrist pain yeah, so so it's it's kind of like that, and so hmm. you're just you're just kind of sitting there like aiming and shooting. So the the um the the bumpers around the the edge extend all the way, so you can actually like use right click, left click. It has a scroll wheel on the thumb, uh, and extra buttons. And so uh, I I watched a YouTuber Dave Two D has a a video and his thoughts on using yeah, it, and it I was watch that yet. Yeah, he was like super excited about it, but also he's right. like real big into like Overwatch, and I was just like, uh, uh, like I'm fine using an FPS like on on thumbsticks, like, and it has whole whole uh, sticks on it, so I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, but yeah, uh oh, the the stream died. Yeah, I I, I mean, yep. I, I, 
for all these things, I probably will like want to try it out myself. And maybe that means getting one. I don't know, but I got the Steam Deck, the the, the Ally, uh, and I keep getting all the those Chinese handhelds. So it's like, uh, do I need to know? I definitely don't need it, but I'm curious about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious. The, the 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 biggest thing that I'm worried about, apart from the hardware, is the software. Because in my in my yeah. meeting, they did not have software to show off. They didn't even have renders. They didn't even have anything. And they were yeah. saying this is a brand new. It's called a Legion Space. So it's not even like a repurpose of their their software on their gaming laptops, anything like that. This is brand new. So that they couldn't show the launcher. They couldn't show the overlay with configurations of tdp yeah. screen all that i kind don't of stuff. have much like faith in that stuff in general uh like even like long term like I, you know it'd be nice to be like hey you have this device it's gonna work going forward i'm kind of like ah, i'm I'll, pl- I'll use it as a windows device and kind of have have faith in that that that'll that'll work not, not that that's a great experience it's just not uh but the stuff on top of it like making it feel better as a handheld i mean asus has done that stuff so far and it's like when you put it in sleep mode it just feels like, man, I, this thing hates going to sleep, uh, but <laughs> yeah. it, it tries to figure it out. It's like we told it like to go to hibernation mode instead, and that's going to save you more battery, and, but it's going to bring it back up, and your game's still going to be there. And the game's always hidden behind some other window now, and you have to get it back out, and it's it's awkward. Uh, it's not like the Steam Deck, which feels fully consoleized now at this point. You know, we're a year into that thing, more more than a year into that thing, and that's fully just a console now. I mean, it's yeah, there's PC parts underneath, and it's a P- PC game store. But that thing works and operates just like you would expect a console to to do so. Um, and these Windows-based ones are not anywhere near that yet. And it's going to come down to these manufacturers that have not had that responsibility on their shoulders before. And Asus has not really figured it out. I don't expect Lenovo to, get to especially in that first couple of months, to figure it out either. So, yeah, like I, I have leaving that that was the other thing. They had one game, like they had multiple review units for or not review units. So I'm sorry, demo units for us for us to test. Only one of them had a game on it, and it was only um, Forza Motor. No, Forza Horizon Four, Five, Five. I can't not remember. Most recent yeah, one, yeah, yeah. But they they wouldn't let us go in and like configure anything or look at like performance metrics. Uh, I talked to somebody later who had done a later de- um, hands on, and they were able to install whatever game they wanted to and and do stuff. So like we maybe got like way too early of a demo so we weren't able to like, sure. really really dig into stuff so like i can't talk about performance but also it's a 7840u i don't expect it to be anything like like nuts and crazy like it it is what it is it'll be solid yeah, yeah. it's gonna be good yeah. so at, at the end of the day it's like okay it's got interesting features the biggest screen um you know the detachable controllers the fps mode uh, I guess that that screen size it's probably 1080 right i mean that's no what the... so it's, it's 1600 okay being uh, okay i'm okay with that so like okay, the ionia kuhn i i think that the bigger problem though is that like like that 7840u cannot hit 1600p so the best case you can do is up uh you know maybe do half resolution and scale yeah. up so like that'll look better but like like 1600p on a laptop or on a 7840u like i it's just yeah so i yeah yeah i don't i don't love it i, I think maybe maybe those panel sizes uh are only bigger with the higher pixel density so right. i think that's the problem but i mean i'm definitely not going to be playing games at 1600 yeah. like that's yeah not... no way yeah no way and, uh, yeah i would i mean but that like that would scale down nicely to uh eh, 800p because yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and that's so it's like i would just do everything to 800p and, and kind of be like okay this is good this is fine and then 
you know, if you want to read text, I guess you could put it back up to 1600, but for games, set those all to 800 P and you're good. Yeah. So, so I'm curious. I, I mean, and then the, the last shoe to drop is the price. So it's the same price at the same configuration for the RG ally, $700, half a, half a terabyte, 16 gigs of Ram. Um, which I mean, like that beats the crap out of all the other, you know, Chinese, Chinese ones that come out. But I also yep. think it's the power of Lenovo, right? It's it's a huge company. And if you can walk into a major retailer and be able to pick one up, uh, a lot of people know Lenovo. Lenovo has a lot of like like buying yeah. power. So like I actually think this is probably going to do really well for them. Yeah. Do you uh, think like, guess- do you think like the, the, like the ally and you think this could be like these companies best selling computer uh, yeah, just kind of overall. Or do you think like they have other models that still sell like way better because of like uh, enterprise or something? I mean, yeah, Lenovo is truly a worldwide company, like one of the biggest yeah. laptop manufacturers in the world. Like they, right. they sell a lot of laptops. This is probably just a a fun little side thing. Asus cool. is a little more niche or not niche. Enthusiast is probably the, yeah. the better word, right? Lenovo is like you got business laptops, you got ThinkPads, right? Yes, <laughs> you know where Asus isn't necessarily right. That, companies are just buying those by, yeah. by the hundreds. But I also like think that, yeah. the 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 TAM, the total addressable market, is like relatively small for these handhelds. I mean, but it's people who are willing to spend money. So I yep. actually like in some ways, I actually think they're shooting in themselves in the foot by trying to hit a lower price point. I feel like there's obviously a lot of people who are willing to already spend a thousand plus on the Chinese ones like INEO and GPD, yeah. right? That if Lenovo came out and said, hey, you know what? Sure, we're not the, the cheapest, but man, we we got some of the top end features and, 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 yeah, we're, and we're in, you know, Best Buy. So, yeah. Yes. So like I, I actually I, I'm waiting for somebody to to kind of do that and like just shoot for the higher end. Um, right. So. Anyway, uh, are are you interested in it at all? Are you, are you yeah, I, I'm definitely curious. I'm definitely want to um, see it for myself. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of wait and see a little bit. See, kind of maybe reach out to Lenovo as it gets closer and talk to them about maybe getting a, a, a review sample or something like that. But um, I I'm I really like gaming on handhelds. It's it's kind of like having armored core in my hands on that flight and then coming back and having the option to play it on the TV or the the, the monitor here. Uh, I'm still like, I don't know, this is, it's running great on the ally. And I just, something about that, that intimate feeling of just having the game right there in front of you, um, has always really clicked with me. So I'm going to be paying attention to this space forever going forward. I'm just like the next big upgrade. Like, let's find out what it's going to be. Is it this? Probably not, but I'm still curious. I still want to stay on top of it. Well, I I just got my backordered analog pocket in. Ah, there you go. And yeah, just, uh, my, my wife, uh, her, one of her favorite games is, uh, the uh what was it uh harvest moon 2 on the game boy color yeah <laughs> so there you go she she put in many hours into it and unfortunately found out that the battery had died in it for the saves so mm-hmm. she couldn't oh yeah that's why <laughs> i found out my, my link's awakening i had the same thing right like, I'm like, i bet a lot of yeah i bet a lot of people are like oh crap wow i got an analog it, pocket and then all of a the sudden the battery <laughs> lasted for like god almost 30 years and then just recently <laughs> the battery died it's a real yeah, shame yeah it is a shame uh you know what else is a shame we should we should wrap it up uh, yep. technical difficulties at the end but you know it, it happens uh, never had a hard drop like that before uh, we'll have to we'll have to see what's going on uh but thank you for joining us jeff i, I really appreciate it. i know that, that it makes it a long day of streaming for you and i know how grueling that can be so no problem i just played uh <laughs> some some bad nes games before this i played uh, bart versus the space mutants uh, for our blight club show and perfect this is much better than that, I'll play that <laughs> one, so. hey you know what i'll take that as a compliment all right we'll Absolutely. put that on the box on the the it's better box. than bart versus the space yes. 
Jones. Yes. Perfect. I, can, can I license that quote? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, uh, all right, let, let's get out of here. Um, check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd uh, to listen to us on, uh, on the go uh, after the, the live show, uh, go subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, podcasts, uh, wherever you can point your uh, RSS feed to, uh, then, then you can listen to us on the go and any of those services that you can please write us a review. Cause every time you do a bug gets squashed in Starfield. Uh, um <laughs> thank you uh brad for joining us who had to hop out early or oh, thank you guys we'll see you later <laughs> no, yeah. brad, uh, you know <laughs> uh thank you jeff for for joining us once again uh pe- people enjoy having you here so i'd, I'd love to have on, have you on again sometime. yeah whenever you guys need me just let me know i, I love coming on the show i love listening to the show i love this community so yeah anytime awesome thank you jeff uh and uh thank you everybody for watching thank you to willis for uh for controlling the verticals and horizontals and thank you to falcon northwest for sending off yes. over all this awesome coffee and the gaming pcs too uh definitely go check out falcon <laughs> northwest systems uh yeah the the breakfast of champions is pure falcon fuel uh anyway <laughs> to take us out here willis all right thank you thank you everyone for tuning in we will see you next time have a good day bye